that silver butterfly instantly flew to the side and hid. Kuzi's eyes widened. He answered, I am going to pee. Jirong clicked his tongue. Kids are so full of shit and piss. And then he stopped caring. Kuzi fumbled to the side and whispered again, Scrap Coco, Scrap Coco. Shirin was still on the roof. Just Dao Jung is fine. Scrap Gogo is a little weird. He laughed awkwardly. Guzi, those people your dad captured are very pitiful. They are subordinates from someone else's household, and their master will keep chasing your dad to beat him up. Will you help us let them go? I know, Guzi said. They're from the house of that god riding the big black ox. He scratched his head. I want to let them go too. But my dad is sick. He said he has to eat human flesh to get better. That eating human flesh is very normal. I'm still young. He'll teach me how to eat it when I'm bigger. I don't think that's very good. It's more than just not very good. That was a close call, Shinin thought. Staying too long by Chirong's side, Guzi was starting to go astray. If he continued to go down the wrong path, maybe he'd recognize everything as normal out of habit and accept that eating human flesh was a very normal belief. Shirin said quickly, It's very not good. Eating human flesh will cause a very severe illness. The ghosts of the eaten will all cling to you and your dad, harassing you day and night. Your dad isn't sick. He's just a glutton who refuses to stop. We have to think of a way to stop him from ever eating that again. Otherwise, you'll become a fatherless child. Then what should I do? Guzi asked, alarmed. Ho turned to Shirian. Gogo, let me. He said a few words to the silver butterfly, and Guzi listened on the other end, trying hard to remember everything. Once he was done, Ho looked up again. He told Shilian, let's lead Chenji out of the way first. Inside the house, Shenji said, I still think that this man is suspicious. He said that he's Yushi Huang's subordinate, but he's covered with the essence of evil. I don't think he's truthful at all. I'll question him some more. After seeing Guzi scurrying away, Chirong turned around with his back facing the door and continued to munch on that arm, replying vaguely, Sure. That Shinji would go crazy when running into Pei Ming aside. Other times, she was much more detailed and cautious than Chirong, being a woman after all. Besides, Guzi was still a little scared of her, so with her around, he might trip up easier. Shilin nodded. How do we lead her away? The two exchanged a look and said at the same time, General Pei. She didn't put his hands together in a prayer. There's no other way. We'll have to have him temporarily sacrifice himself. General Pei, everyone will thank you after they're saved. Another silver butterfly materialized from the engravings on Ho Chang's silver vambrace and flew next to Shirin's ear. The voice of a man came floating and it was Pei Ming. It turned out just before Ho Chang went away earlier, 
he still left behind a few silver butterflies, and the voices of the other side were sent over. Shirin listened intently for a bit. He whispered, let's cut this up a bit and use these lines. Shinji's back was facing the window. I Yin you like a hawk, interrogating him. Yin Yu answered tranquilly. In Yushi country, I'm responsible for taking care of the lost hungry ghosts. When they come knocking, I would gift them a bundle of rice and send them on their way, which is why I am covered with the essence of evil. The other hostages were the true farmers of Yushi country, and while they were certainly such relief givers, he was definitely not one of them. They knew he was making things up, but no one made a sound. Jirong chortled. Ho ho, I'm a hungry ghost too. Why not give me some relief? Only a couple of people were eaten and I'm being chased to death. What's with this cheapskate pretending to be generous? Xuanji, on the other hand, only scorned the comment with disdain. There's so many hungry ghosts in the world. How can you bring relief to all? It's just for show. Just then, a silver butterfly with its light concealed soundlessly flew to behind her person, then flashed and hid. All the captives saw, but they were very composed. With an unspoken understanding, everyone pretended that they didn't see anything. Xuanji was going to continue the interrogation when suddenly she seemed to have heard the voice of a man. If that's the case, these first. Do you anymore? Give here. The original line was, if that's the case, roast these rats first. Do you have any more snakes? Give some here. When Shilian first heard Pei Ming say it, he was full of both shock and pity. There must have been corpse-eating rats, taken to be normal rats, that had crawled over and were killed by Pei Ming to be served as Pei Su's meal. Would eating that rat truly cause no problems? It seemed they must hurry back soon. However, after Ho Chang blurred out some words from the line, the effect was mysterious, like it meant something, but what exactly couldn't be said. She shuddered violently and whipped her head back. However, that silver butterfly was cunningly agile. It wasn't emitting light, and the moment she turned around, it had long since fluttered to the side and hit. Xuanji was shaken, and she turned back to question the captive. Did you all hear something just now? Did you see anything? Yinyu took the lead, and the rest of the captives all shook their heads. Chirong looked over, with his mouth covered in blood. What did you hear? Xuanji was slightly confused. I thought I heard Pei Ming's voice. You're probably delusional, Chirong said. I haven't heard anything. That silver butterfly was pressed closely to Xuanji, so no one else could hear the voices it was transmitting. Xuanji was doubtful. Really? But I feel maybe he's close by. Maybe this is telepathy. My lord, why not let me go and take a look again? Xilin didn't think it would be this easy and clenched his fists silently, flashing Ho Chang a smile. Yet unexpectedly, Chirong rained on his parade. 
Didn't you go once already? What telepathy? It's delusion for sure. You do nothing but think of him 800 times a day. Of course, you're delusional. It appeared Chunji was a little convinced by his words and remained there, unsure. Even though this attempt was a failure, Shilin wasn't discouraged because he had a few more lines up his sleeves. Shunji was just about to continue her interrogation when she once again heard Pei Ming's voice. You little dummy, come here, I'll teach you. Soon after, it was a girl's voice. Please, General Pei, I've done it once. I'm experienced now. Let me do it. That was, of course, Pei Ming instructing Banyue on how to roast corpse-eating rats for little Pei to eat. However, once the line fell in Shunji's ears, it was understood as something completely different. She screeched, her eyes instantly filled with red, and the ghost fire on top of her head erupted, like the jealous flames in her heart were blazing. She pulled at her own hair and screamed. It's him. It's him for sure. He must be here. I sensed it. My heart sensed him. Pei Ming, I'm gonna kill you. She screamed as she dragged her two broken legs and jumped out. Chirong broke out in curses. Hey, oi, Shunji, what the fuck? How can you run that fast with broken legs? Is that man whore really worth it? Shilin watched as Shunji's stumbling and wobbling back disappeared and felt somewhat mournful. Huchang probably thought he was worried about the safety of those back at the temple. He said, No need to worry. The wraith butterfly will lead her in the opposite direction. Even if she finds him, Roya is there to shield, and she won't be able to enter the circle. Let's end our business here quickly. Now that Shinji was gone, it was time for Guzi to enter the stage. He rose to his feet and wiped his muddy hands on his butt. Shelian was still a little worried. Will it really be alright? Chang said softly. Gurga, trust me. If this won't work, we can find another way. There are plenty of backup plans. If anything, we can make Jirong unable to speak for the rest of his life first, then take our time to think of an idea. Guzi entered the house, and Jirong had already licked clean all the blood on his hands. When he saw him, he called out, Son, come here and massage chop your daddy's legs. Thus, Guzi went up, to massage chop his legs. After chopping obediently for a while, he asked, Dad, those people in the corner, how come they don't dare move even though they aren't bound by ropes? His question energized Chirong. <laughs> of course it's because they're so scared of your daddy that their legs get all wobbly. Guzzi's eyes and mouth were open wide and round. You're that amazing? Jirong's vanity was greatly satisfied, and he replied, That's right. Look here. Today I'll show you just how amazing your daddy is. You see that ball of fire? The moment I give the command, whoosh, and they'll all burn to death. So of course they're afraid of me. And two other little ghosts, remember them. Guzzi was nodding like a little chick 
picking at grain. Chi Rong continued. One is Hua Cheng, the other has the nickname Blackwater. They are two weak ass nobodies. They are two wretches pretending to be great and got a little lucky, but in reality, their titles are hollow. Do you understand what a hollow title is? I'll teach you. It's an idiom. It means that on the surface, they look like they're powerful, but when it comes to true strength, they're nowhere near my level. Guzi looked like he understood, but at the same time not. Oh, he said. Chirong added. They're just lucky. If I had their luck, I would be ten times greater than they'll ever be. Just you wait. This time, your daddy will break through this trial and immediately beat them black and blue. No one will dare look down on me. Only I get to look down on other people. His determination was blazing, swinging his arms hollering, and although Guzi totally didn't understand who or what he was talking about, he still cheered keenly. You can do it, Dad. On top of the roof, Shilin slapped a hand to cover his face. Chirong's speech of greatness really made him speechless. Thinking that Chirong was his little cousin, he felt really embarrassed and turned to Hua Chong. Sunlang, thus, he, I. In truth, throughout history, there was no man in the world who didn't love bragging. A breeze could blow the handkerchief of a brothel girl into a man's hand, and he would turn around and say that the most beautiful of renowned escorts had fallen in love with him. Holding shoes and wiping benches for the emperor's, mistress's, uncle's, grandson's, cousin's mistress would for sure become him being an important administrator at the residence of royal relatives, raising his status. Thus, men who didn't brag were a rare species. As for men who loved to brag, first, they loved to brag to women, and second, they loved to brag to their sons. Shilin recalled that when he was young, his father would also frequently use various discreet and indiscreet ways to tell him of his heroism and greatness in politics. This was also precisely why, when he was young, he deeply believed his father to be a noble and valiant ruler whose name would no doubt go down in history. Later, when he found out the truth, it wasn't the greatest timing, which was why there was the feeling of, you're not that amazing, after all, leaving him greatly disappointed. Thinking of this, Shilin shook his head and thought it funny. Why would I compare Chi Rong with my father? That really was out of the blue. Perhaps it was because they both loved to make themselves bigger than they were. However, whether it be his father or someone else, at least the vaunting was within normal parameters. Chirong had reached the stage of absolute shamelessness and righteous impudence. No wonder that even Blackwater, who had always kept a low profile, was disgusted with him and would find any excuse to beat him up if they should meet. But Shilin was still a little puzzled. How come he only heard Chirong curse others, but not Shilin himself? But Shilin could also understand a little now why Chirong was dragging his feet to devour Guzi. If he was bragging to a normal person or someone who was a bit older with more life experience, the other might not believe him. Even if they agreed on the surface, 
it still wouldn't feel sincere, or the reaction would be too greasily exaggerated. Like those little minions under Chirong. However, Guzi's praises were different. Every word came from the bottom of his heart. He truly believed that his dad was the number one most powerful guy in the world. It had probably been a long time since Chirong had bragged so heartily, and he was greatly satisfied. He threatened. You gotta be good, you hear me? If you don't listen to me, I'll put a ghost fire on you too. Sure enough, Guzi was scared and hastily covered his own head. No, I don't want to wear it. Oh yeah, yeah. He remembered what Hua Chang and Shilian taught him and said nervously, well, Once you wear the screen fire, you won't be able to take it off, right? If he had asked, if you wear it, can you take it off? Chi Rong might not tell the truth. But the question was, you won't be able to take it off, right? It was a question of doubt, and of course it was taught by Hua Chang and Shilian. Chi Rong instantly kicked out and sent the head of one of the stone people flying. Rubbish! If daddy wants to lock, he'll lock. If he wants to unlock, he'll unlock. Look, dad will unlock one to show you. Then he pointed at a farmer and yelled, Dog fuck a Shilian. Shilian and Hua Chang were speechless. The ghost fire on top of that farmer's head was extinguished and he leapt to his feet. However, he didn't run very far before Chirong spat loudly. Another ball of greasily green ghost fire was spewed from his mouth and it loomed over the top of that farmer's head. Chirong laughed boisterously, patting Guzi's head. What do you think? Your daddy's powerful, right? On top of the roof, Xianin wiped sweat off his face. Hua Chang looked cool and aloof, but his voice was chilling. I think that trash wants to be even more garbage than he already is. His knuckles seemed to be cracking, and Xianin said hurriedly, It's fine, it's fine. He was more easily tricked than expected. They had originally taught Guzi many more ways to dig for information, but it seemed that none of that would need to be used. No wonder Chirong hadn't cursed at Shilian earlier. It was because cursing him had been the unlocking incantation. Truly, his feelings for him ran deep. At this point, there was no more need for the two to keep hiding. They instantly broke through the roof jumping down. The loud rumble made Chirong fall off of his chair in surprise. Who's there? Who's there? And when he saw who it was, dog, dog. He had probably wanted to curse at him, but remembering that it was a very important unlocking incantation, Chirong quickly covered his mouth. In the corner, the farmer said, I think he called out the incantation earlier. So how about... Let's see if we can unlock each other. Yeah, it's just some curses, right? Although I kind of feel bad for the Shelian person. But it's not like he's here, so it should be alright. And you, however, advised calmly. Whether this person is here or not, I suggest you all best not say it. Otherwise the consequences would be even worse than our present situation. On the other end, Chirong grabbed Guzi to shield in front of his person changing his tune. Dog f***ed Shelian. You're shameless. You spy. Cunning. 
Shinin was a little woeful. What the heck is dog? Chirong added, Even if you know the incantation, it's useless. Are you going to curse yourselves? Would you not care if other people curse you? Hearing this, Ho Chang's expression grew darker. His knuckles cracked a couple more times, looking like he wouldn't hold back. Xilin, however, was unconcerned. Yeah, it's nothing. Then he repeated that incantation five to six times without hesitation. Since once could only release one person, the captives all knew by now that he was the one being cursed at in the incantation, and they couldn't help but raise their thumbs at him in their hearts, thinking, a real man. However, none of the ghost fire locks on top of their heads were unlocked. Shilian's face changed slightly, and Shirong cackled. You fell for it. If it isn't me who unlocks it, it's pointless. You cursed for nothing. A silver butterfly flew by Guzi's eyes. He blinked twice, his eyelids drooping, then he fell asleep soon after. Chirong was still cackling by himself when suddenly a forceful yank of his sleeve made him spin 18 times before crashing into the wall. He blurted out, Dog fucker Shillian. After he cursed, that ball of ghost fire atop Yunyu's head disappeared. Yunyu leapt to his feet and blitzed a good distance away. Chirong instantly covered his mouth. Shillian said pleasantly, Come, come, come. Don't worry. Don't hold yourself back. Let yourself go. Keep cursing. As he spoke serenely, he rolled up his sleeves and grabbed a hold of him, and Chirong really couldn't tell what that stance meant. He yelled with all that he had. Go ahead. Hit me. Even if you beat me to death, I won't curse that again. Next to them, Hua Chang said with an icy voice, Chirong turned back to look. Ho Chang was smiling at him, with a smile that couldn't be more fake, but it disappeared in the blink of an eye. The next second, Chirong's head was rammed three feet into the ground. Ho Chang plucked his head out from the ground. Chirong roared. You dare treat me like this? I've had it. I'll burn everyone. We can all die together. Ho Chang, you fucker. Burn up. It seemed that Ho Chang Yubaka was the other matching incantation to start the incineration. However, after he yelled it, there were no cries or wails from anyone, and he opened his eyes in confusion. That group of farmers were all fine and were standing at the other end, watching him. Chirong was shocked. What's going on? How come none of you died? Go die! Who released you? You did, Shilin said. Then he pointed at that silver butterfly next to him, and that silver butterfly was broadcasting the exact same roar from earlier. You cursed for nothing. It turned out that Wraith Butterfly had recorded everything and copied his voice, including that incantation. With one curse, it could unlock infinitely. Ho Chang said, Leave this plane yourself. Sorry, no one's coming with you. Then another violent punch, and Chirong was bashed into the underground. The farmers all went up and circled around to see. Can 
Can that still be fished up? Yin Yu hopped down into the deep hole Ho Chang had punched in, and a moment later, he jumped back up, a green Dharma doll in his hand. Chengju, your highness, it's been collected. That greasy green Dharma doll was baring its teeth, rolling its eyes back, spitting a long tongue like it was laughing at someone, but also like it was putting on a spectacle to gain favor. In any case, it was an extremely poor taste. Even children would toss it aside in disgust if they saw it. Shilin couldn't tell if Chirong's own character decided this design, or if Hua Chang purposely made him this way. Don't pass that thing to us. Take that thing far, far away, Hua Chang said. Yes, sir, Yin Yu acknowledged. To be honest, Shilin didn't really want to hold on to that thing either, and he picked up Guzi from the ground. A few wraith butterflies came flying from a different direction and landed on the back of Ho Chang's hand. He looked down to see, then said, We need to hurry back to the Divine Temple. Shilin whipped his head around. Something's happened over there? Mm-hmm.